0: and welcome to the Edwina Elder Library, The Ill on Anchor Podcast, and this is Sister Lisa, your host, and I have been reviewing the book When God Doesn't Make Sense by Dr. James Dobson, holding on to your faith even when God doesn't make sense. Um, We are starting chapter 2, page 25. If you have the book, or if you don't have the book, I suggest that you find a copy a great book and what i do on the review is i read through some of it and then i comment if there's anything that it makes me think of that um, fits along with something that i've experienced in my life um, i'm going through a time of grief uh, my husband passed away on september the 2nd of 2021 which has been nine months ago started this library, the Edmund Elder Library, when we were youth leaders in Hutchison, Kansas. Um, I made suckers, lollipops, some people call, and my daughter. I took my daughters around to businesses and they go in with baskets of suckers and people would buy them. And we used the money to buy books out at uh, the, the Pentecostal Publishing House headquarters there in Hazelwood, Missouri. We started a little library. We have a bookshelf that a man in the church carved out the letters, Edwina Elder Library, and it's on that shelf, and we filled it with books. And over the years, we kept adding more and more books to our house, before we have books like in every room of the home. Um, And so it's it's quite grown, and uh, we're here in Tennessee. We brought the uh, library with us because our plans to put it into the church like in a basement or an office area or in the foyer. It just, there wasn't room for it. It just didn't work out. And so, um, but you know, God works in mysterious ways. He knew, he knew that sometime along the line, I would be doing a podcast and using these books. You know, it doesn't matter our timing or our plans. God uses it for his glory. And the same thing when God does not make sense in our life, when some things just don't, seem right. My husband only being 59 years old, not quite 60. His birthday was on December the 20th. But, um, I miss him. I miss him so much. But he got me this, got me this canvas wall, wall saying before he passed away on my, actually it was my, um, last birthday he got to celebrate with me. For my um, 57th birthday, he got me this. It said, Lisa, the day I met you, I have found the one who my soul loves. You complete me and make me a better person. I was a little late to be your first, but I want all my last to be with you. There is no pretending I love you, and I will love you until I die. And if there is life after that, I'll love you then. I love you forever and always. Love, Mark. And he got me little things like that and he got me another little plaque for our anniversary and me and him. Me walking down the aisle with my flowers. And um You know, it's like he kept getting me stuff about our wedding, he kept getting me stuff about um, he got me a, a little pendant. You know, I don't even wear jewelry, but he got me a little pendant with me and his names on it and our birthstones. And um, you know, just little things like that. And, of course than when he was alive because I had him then, you know, but the, the, these were little tokens. let me know he did love me and that I still feel his love even though he's gone and I love him and I appreciate everything he did for me, all his hard work and, um, I know that he's in a better place. And that's that's what I'm trying to do is make my mind think happy thoughts about how God answered his prayer. He said, he said, Lisa, I know this is going to make you mad that I've been praying that if God's not going to heal me, that he'll just go ahead and take me. Well, see, he was praying that he couldn't take that pain any longer. He was suffering. He was in a lot of pain. And God answered his prayer and took him home, delivered him from his pain. The ultimate healing, and from from that, from heaven's point of view, he made it. From heaven's point of view, he finished his course. He kept the race. What I've got to do is just keep on, keep on, keep it on, and do my part. And part of my part is having this podcast and sharing these books, these labors of love that Mark and I did to build this library to share them with you. Not that they just sit on the shelf, but that they make a difference when God doesn't make sense. That we can keep the faith. Page 25. I heard a story many years ago about a man who was driving his truck on a narrow mountain road. To his right was a cliff that dropped nearly 500 feet to a cannon below. As the driver rounded a curve, he suddenly lost control of the vehicle. It plunged over the side and bounced down the mountain, bursting into flames at the bottom. Although the terrified man was ejected as his truck went over the edge, he managed to grab a bush that grew near the top. There he was, holding the small limb and dangling over the abyss. After trying to pull himself up for several minutes, he called out in desperation, Is anybody there? In a few seconds, the thundering voice of the Lord echoed down the mountain. Yes, I am here, he said. What do you want? The man pleaded, Please save me. I can't hold on much longer. After another... After another agonizing pause, the boy said, All right, I will save you. But first you must turn loose of the limb and trust me to catch you. Just release your grip now. My hands will be under you. The dangling man looked over his shoulder at the burning truck in the valley below, and then he called out, Is anybody else there? Have you ever, ever found yourself in a similar fix? Have you ever pleaded for God's help in a distressful situation and had Him ask you to trust Him with your life? Have you ever weighed His reply and then wanted to ask, "Is anybody else there?" As we have indicated, that is not an uncommon experience in this Christian walk. We think we know what we need in a moment of crisis, but God often has other ideas. After years of consistent answers to prayer, the Lord may not—the Lord may choose not to grant a request we think is vitally important. In a matter of moments, the world can fall off its axis. Panic stalks the soul as life and death hang in the balance. A pounding heart betrays the anxiety within. But where is God? Does He know what is happening? Is He concerned? Why have the heavens grown dark and silent? What have I done to deserve this abandonment? Haven't I served Him with a willing heart? What must I do to regain His favor? Then as frustration and fear accumulate, the human spirit recoils in distress and confusion i wish i had the words to explain the full measure of this experience indeed for my 26 years of professional counseling uh, counseling, i have seen few other circumstances in living that equal the agony of shattered faith it is a crisis brewed in the pit of hell dr r t kendall the gifted senior minister of Westminster chapel in london says it leads directly to what he calls the betrayal barrier in his opinion, a hundred percent of believers eventually go through a period when God seems to let them down. It may occur shortly after becoming a Christian. The new convert loses his job, or his child becomes ill, or business reverses occur, or maybe after serving him faithfully for many years, life suddenly starts to unravel. It makes no sense. It seems so unfair. The natural reaction is to say, "Lord, is this the way you treat your own? I thought you cared for me, but I was wrong." Love a God like that. It is a tragic misunderstanding. Scripture is replete with examples of his troubling human experience. We see it illustrated in Exodus 5 when God commanded Moses to appeal to Pharaoh for the release of the children of Israel. Moses did as he was told, after which the ruler angrily increased his oppression of the people, beating them and forcing them to work even harder. The people sent a delegation to Pharaoh in hopes of getting some relief. But Pharaoh was in no mood to negotiate. He called them lazy and ordered them to get back to work or else. The men left the palace visually shaken and ran straight into Moses and Aaron. They said, May the Lord look upon you and judge you. You have made us a stench to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. Exodus 5.21 Moses had good reason to feel God had pushed him out on the limb and abandoned him there. He reacted as you or I would under the circumstances. The scripture tells us, he said, O oh Lord, why have you brought trouble upon this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble upon this people and you have not rescued your people at all, Exodus 5, 22 and 23. We can see today how Moses misinterpreted what God was doing, but who can blame him? He appeared to be a victim of a cruel joke. Fortunately, Moses clung to his faith until he began to understand the plan. Most of us lesser mortals do not do as well. We bail out before the pieces start fitting together. However, forever after we're disillusioned and hurt. Dr. Kendall said more than 90% of us fail to break through this betrayal barrier after feeling abandoned by God. Our faith is then hindered by a bitter experience that we can't forget. Dr. Candle's observation is consistent with my own. Many people who want to serve the Lord are victimized by a terrible lie that distances them from the giver of life. Satan is, as we know, both the father of lies, John 8:44) and a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, 1 Peter 5 and 8. It is his specific purpose to discourage us and distort the truth. He can usually be expected to show up at a moment of greatest discouragement, whispering his wicked thoughts and taunting the wounded believer. For the benefit of those of you who are enduring that withering attack on your faith, I want to share some similar experiences in the lives of other Christians. As indicated, it is important to recognize that you are not alone. Your pain and discouragement, which might lead you to ask, why me are not unique? You have not been singled out for sorrow. Most of us are destined to seem to bump our heads on the same old rock. From ancient times men and women have grieved over stressful circumstances and that did not fit any pattern of logic or symmetry. It happens to us all sooner or later. Millions have been there. And despite what some Christians will tell you, being a follower of Jesus Christ is no foolproof insurance policy against these storms of life. So, I'm gonna get into some of the stories here, that you know, we don't know. We don't know what our future holds, but we know who holds our future. We must trust in God with all of our heart and lean not into our own understanding. You know, we're here for Him and He's here for us, but you know, our life's purpose is to point others to the cross. It's all about Jesus. Yesterday was Pentecost Sunday, which reminds us of what happened in the early church. Acts chapter 2, what happened. The whole reason that Jesus came and died on the cross is so that we could have life in that more eternally. That more fulfillment. So, anyway, I wanted to share that with you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.